Stampede. Garner is in 173, recorded 226, 2023. Americans believe we have a superior military capable of destroying any adversary. And maybe they're right. We spend more on our national defense than the combined domestic budgets of most countries. But then again, bigger isn't necessarily better. Sabotage within our own country is becoming a real problem and commonplace. And to say people feel secure isn't true. Maybe the propagandists can keep Americans feeling everything is all right, but that can last for only so long until an atmosphere of distrust takes hold when wholesale killings break out. No, the American people may think we have a superior military to counter any external threat, but they aren't comfortable about what's taking place in our schools, in our streets, and even in our own homes. 
and the truth of what appears to be a future military engagement with the Russian Federation and the People's Republic of China can only spell disaster because within America, there's an illness. In fact, we might say the COVID-19 pandemic doesn't compare to the mental afflictions in our society. As a result, our leaders will come to an understanding that no matter the strength of our military, we aren't capable or fit to engage in a conflict with both Russia and China. To secure our future, we'll accuse those countries with human rights violations, that their societies are controlled by authoritarian leaders, oppressing their populations, but it will only be our attempt to disguise our own weaknesses. Somehow, somewhere, we'll realize our superior military can't be brought to conduct a successful outcome because of our own internal condition. We are an impotent giant that will never engage militarily with any strong opponent let alone two, because of our own internal chronic illnesses. won't be easy for the American public to accept that we can't use our military to defend against external threats because of our own internal dysfunction. And what are our difficulties? Well, the first and most pressing is our financial condition. The government is having difficulty just funding domestic budgets let alone a war with Russia and China. Revolutions are spawned by failed military conflicts, and they result in domestic inflation. Army defeats on the battlefield 
or naval losses at sea are felt back at home. It's not hard to recall our 20-year military involvement in Afghanistan, including our attempts at trying to build that nation with American values. The humiliating evacuation of that country only reinforced our failed policies. Afghanistan cost trillions of dollars, and its effects on our domestic economy haven't yet been determined. But you can be certain of this. It's left a mark on the American consciousness. Our government does its best to disguise the financial losses that a military engagement brings. Economists can smooth those losses over decades. So the American public never really feel the immediate inflationary shock from those military failures. But people, even if they have short memories or are spun stories by officials making a humiliating defeat sound like a success, can never be erased forever. No distrust in what our leaders tell us becomes a reality. But there are other issues in determining whether a country can enter into a military engagement with a powerful adversary. It's one thing to use a military against a weaker opponent, but to use a military engagement against a potentially strong country can be another. A country must be strong and healthy to take on such a military challenge. And America may no longer fit that description. Some would accuse me of running down our country. But the truth of the matter is, many of our 30, 40, and 50-year politicians contributed to our problems. And they ran this country to ground. Must have been an angel by my side Something heavenly led me to you Look at the sky It's the color of love There must have been an angel by my side Something heavenly came down from above 
I don't think I'm far off suggesting when a country in the West sabotaged Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline, a multi-billion dollar project to supply oil and gas to Western Europe, Putin considered that as an act of war. Of course, some say his invasion of Ukraine was a threat to the rest of Europe. I'm not an apologist for Putin's invasion, except to say he feels Ukraine has a long historical connection to Russia and believed rightfully or wrongfully the West's attempts at bringing Ukraine into NATO was an encroachment on Russian sovereignty. But to say Putin has ambitions of militarily invading the rest of Europe is plain nonsense. And it comes from powerful forces that say we should stop Russia now. The truth may be there's been financial control of Western Europe since 1945, and that control is being challenged by Russia's financial strength. Putin doesn't want to take Europe militarily because he couldn't anyway. But what he does want is access to Europe's markets. He wants to grow Russia's economy by entering in Europe's markets that have been controlled for over 77 years. Russia's economy poses a threat to the West, not its military, and there are countries, powerful corporations and agreements regarding the distribution of energy that make Russia a competitor, and they don't like that. Putin had played by the rules when he built a gas and oil pipeline to Western Europe. It cost billions of dollars, and when operating, would have brought enormous returns for the Russian economy. But there are powerful forces in the West that wouldn't permit that. So they blew it up. Now, that's an act of war, and Putin isn't about to forget about that. So the facts are, we're in a kinetic war with Russia. I don't know how he'll respond, but for some reason, I keep seeing the Panama Canal or a half dozen other places where our country is vulnerable.
Of course, military conflicts between countries usually have a motive. I'm reminded of a war between, I think it was Honduras and San Salvador, over the outcome of a soccer game. But more often, it revolves around monetary disputes. Now, the People's Republic of China owns about $1.17 trillion of America's debt, or about 19% of the total $6.26 trillion in treasury bills, notes, and bonds held by foreign countries. Now, as we all know, debt is a complicated thing, and China may not feel secure in holding some of our government's financial instruments. After all, if the Chinese decided to call in that debt, and America welched on it, well, that would cause some problems. Now, it's interesting to note many American legislators have complained of China buying large tracts of agricultural land in America. And if I'm not mistaken, this buying of agricultural land in America is a way for our debt with China to be paid down. I have no way of confirming that. But if that's true, our government is selling off our country's resources in order to pay our government's debt, then that's nothing new in bankruptcy proceedings. It's just tragic. Selling off parts of this country because of our uncontrollable debt only confirms our failures. It may prevent a war with China, It may buy us time, but the truth is we're weak and we can't cancel all our debt by selling off parts of America. Our military's control in the world will be questioned and we may not be able to assert our strength to protect our financial markets. And so we've become an impotent giant brought to contrition for having enormous waste, corruption, greed, and incompetence, demanding we deserved more. The irony is we only fooled ourselves thinking we could own this land. We took it from Native Americans, and now we're forfeiting it. You see... We never really owned it anyway. Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? I travel the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for something. Some of them want to get used by
we may be militarily vulnerable in lots of places, but our greatest weakness is within our own borders. And I don't mean by a foreign attack. If people wanting to engage Russia and China in conflicts, they'll need a good reason to do that. But to succeed, they'll need the will of the people. But even more importantly, they'll need a country that is strong and healthy and willing to make sacrifices. Well, if you have a declining proficiency in educational standards, if you have a population that demands more and have a growing distrust of the government, if there's open violence in the streets and even within our own homes, if there are large numbers of people living on the streets of our cities with drug addiction and mental illness, if we have a large number of people incarcerated in prisons, if we have large increased bankruptcies, if we disregard rewarding merit for equality, if you abandon ancient tradition for new social values, if greed and corruption have become commonplace, if our government can only function by creating debt, if inflation is no longer transitory but embedded, if the government simply prints money to pay for its shortfall in revenue, if we're willing to destroy the natural world to make a profit, if people must deceive to be successful, if the numbers reported on the news are false, or if the people who report the news are controlled by the powerful elite, if all those things sound familiar or are even only partly true, then we should realize the people who want to start a conflict with the Russian Federation and the People's Republic of China are war profiteers who have driven this country to ground and their false pride won't protect us. This week on Garner Isn't You first heard the Electric Light Orchestra, a 1973 recording with Jeff Lynn, Showdown. Then another work by the Electric Light Orchestra, Jeff Lynn's Can't Get It Out of My Head, a 1974 release. 
followed by the 1992 recording by Today, Kiss of Life, and then more from the Love Deluxe album, No Ordinary Love. Next was Annie Lennox and the Eurythmics, a 1983 recording of Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, and finally a shortcut from No Ordinary Love. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.